this is Rebecca. And this is Naomi. We're 40-something moms and first cousins who know what it's like to veer off the path assigned to us. Together, we've juggled motherhood, marriage, college, and careers as we explore new identities and ways of seeing the world. Without any maps for either of us to follow, we've had to figure things out as we go and accept that detours and dead ends are part of the path. However, along the way, we've uncovered a few insights that we want to share with fellow travelers. We want to talk about the questions we didn't even know who to ask and the options we didn't know we had. So whether you're feeling stuck or already shaking things up, we're here to cheer you on and assure you that the best is yet to come. Welcome to Uncovered. Life Beyond. everybody and welcome to Uncovered Life Beyond. Today we're going to talk about seven very valid reasons to delay college. There is no one better to talk about this than my co-host Naomi, who is a college professor. And I know Naomi thought about a few reasons and seen a few students who should have probably waited just a little bit longer. And I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Hey, Rebecca. You know, this is a topic that I feel a lot of attention about because on one hand, I believe that education is for everyone. But I do see students who come from backgrounds where maybe they don't have much support from family or maybe they're in college while supporting a family. And you and I both know that the reality is when you have to choose between doing homework or keeping your job so you can pay the rent, the job always wins. Right. You got to pay the rent. And honestly, that's the responsible thing to do. You keep the wheels from falling off the bus. It's always tough for me to know how to advise these students because who am I to say they shouldn't be paying the rent? And yet at the same time, I see what happens when they can't give their studies the time and attention that they need. And I see their learning suffering. And I think of a student I had recently who has been very clear about her goal of going to medical school, becoming a doctor, and the student's been working long hours uh, at a job. They were working through high school, helping support their family and continuing that through college. And their grades really suffered because they just didn't have the time and focus for their studies that they needed. When it was time for the student to start applying, to med school. They were crushed to realize they'd never get in because of their GPA. And that's their permanent record. They'll never be able to wipe that. That's devastating. Isn't it? And I ask myself, what should I have done differently to prevent this from happening? Was there something I could have done? But I know the reality is that as an institution, higher education was designed for single, white, wealthy males who were being supported by their families. They weren't supporting families, they were being supported by their families. And obviously a lot has changed over the years, but a lot of the assumptions about who is attending college are still with us and shape the way these institutions work. You know, while we all know single, white, wealthy males usually don't have caregiving responsibilities, they can immerse themselves in college culture. They don't need to worry about the rent or, you know, how they're going to afford expensive textbooks. And so my tension is how can I communicate that to colleges for everyone who wants to be here? But at the same time, how can I be honest about what its demands are on students' time and attention? 
So in other words, you're saying, how can we not set ourselves up for failure? Exactly. How can we know what to expect? You know, how can we set our expectations so that we can be successful and it can be a positive experience? So we have seven reasons here that we think are valid reasons to delay college. Note, we said delay, not skip. (laughs) For each of these reasons, we want to think about suggestions for adjusting a plan in a way that can keep college as an option down the road, or maybe just change the way that we pursue it. So the first reason that we have here is when you are feeling emotionally drained and overwhelmed. And I think of like someone who's just undergone a major life transition or someone who has a lot of caregiving responsibilities, or maybe someone who's dealing with mental health issues. For whatever the reason is, you're just feeling emotionally drained and overwhelmed. In a case like this, the best thing you can do for yourself is to seek the care you need. College can be emotionally draining and overwhelming for the best of us. And so, you know, don't start the marathon exhausted, get rested, get better, get to feeling stronger, and then reconsider and see if it's a possibility. So the next thing we wanted to talk about is if you're barely scraping by financially as it is. I think you talking about your student who was wanting to go to medical school is such a great example. There's a lot of different ways one can try to adjust that plan. Focus on stabilizing those finances. Create an emergency fund. Do a lot of research and see what scholarships are available. Other thing that I have been hearing quite a bit about that I think would be worth checking out is employers often are willing to help pay for that. And again, you want to make sure you have the fine print read and you're aware of all the details that come along with that. But I think in today's market, there's more and more employers that are doing that. And I would suggest that even if your employer doesn't have something set up officially, it would still be worth asking and seeing if they would be able to help. I love that idea. You know, when you're scraping by financially, that is such a drain on your energy, on your ability to focus, right? On all those things that are so important for succeeding. And it's hard to think about anything else when you're worried about finances. It's just not fair. I mean, like finances kind of just hold so much. It's a necessity. It's difficult to function. I mean, it affects your food. (laughs) It affects or time for exercise. It's just a lot. And I think sometimes that finances might even be more difficult for first-generation students because typically first-generation students don't come from money and are in some way helping their family. Typically, if you're wealthy enough to be thinking about college, I have found there's oftentimes expectations from your family to help provide in some way. Exactly. Not fair. It's not fair. Those expectations can be subtle too. Right. And and they can be, even for someone who is quote unquote paying their own way, if the family's moral support is there and maybe they're, you know, slipping them a 20 here and there or helping out with small things as they can. That's huge. That's a big, that makes a big difference. It does. So another reason that someone might want to delay college for a while is if they have so many other things going on that they won't be able to fully engage. So maybe somebody has been scraping by financially and now they've patched together several jobs and they are feeling like they are somewhat financially stable. 
if someone doesn't have, you know, two to three hours per credit hour per week for homework, that's kind of the standard, then they're going to have a hard time still maintaining that focus and feeling successful. And it doesn't take everybody that much time. How this breaks down would be, you know, for a course that you might spend about three hours a week in the classroom, you would want to plan to spend six to nine hours studying for that class outside class time. So again, not everybody needs that much time, but if you don't give yourself enough of a cushion, it could just make for a lot of frustration and it might result in disappointing grades. So I think something that person in this situation could do is see if you can delegate some of your responsibilities to others in your family, maybe help them understand that school is, is taking a lot out of you, it's taking a lot of attention and others need to step up. Maybe you could just go part-time, maybe you could take it the slow route. That's also a valid option. And you know, I think we, and of course I'm the one here that is doing it part-time and going to take me eight years to graduate. But I'm here to say that that is okay. If it's not going to happen any other way, and that's what you want, don't let shame of that process, even though it's slower than everybody else in your world, there is nothing wrong with that. I totally agree. And you know, I started out part time. I 100% agree with you. So I think when your only option is a for profit college, you really need to proceed with caution. For-profit colleges tend to be a little more stingy, maybe, on giving out scholarships. Scammy. Scammy. <laughs> Not to say they're all scams. I'm just saying there are enough of them that have been scams that it's worth proceeding with great caution. Yeah. At one point, I was looking at a paralegal program, and this was like 20 years ago. So this is a long time ago when online programs were just getting going, online for-profit programs. And I saw a paralegal certification program for $10,000. And I thought, that's got to be a misprint. And so I called them up because I thought this had to be wrong. And no, they said, you're paying for the convenience. And I found out right around the same time, I could have gotten a $1,000 certification from a local college. $9,000? I don't know how that's possible. You know, how, how they could have give, been giving me $9,000 worth of convenience. Well, and I think we need to just pause and appreciate the difference that time has created here because now you pay extra if you want in-person classes. Right now, the online classes are actually cheaper. And it's just funny. That's so interesting. Are you seeing that across the board or your institution? With my, with my institution, it is. Uh -huh. Oh, that's a good question. Because, you know, from the faculty perspective, and not to, not to go off on a tangent here, online classes can be as time, if not more time intensive. And oh, really? more work and more effort. Oh, yeah. I'm it's, not saying they all are, but right. it can very easily be. It seemed like COVID maybe forced them to learn skills to make it work. From my university, I've actually been almost disappointed at how few in-person class options there are and how many of them I like almost have to take online. You can't beat the in-person experience. Right. For sure. You can't. Another reason that it might be a good idea to delay college is if it requires going into major debt. And, you know, this might be where it 
scenes that no scholarships are available. Maybe somebody gets accepted into a prestigious school, but there's no funding that comes with that opportunity. I think in that case, some of the points you made earlier, Rebecca, about broadening your search or looking to see if there's any kind of employer benefits, just other paths to reaching your goal. Maybe there is a time to go into major debt, but I think being careful to do an in-depth cost-benefit analysis and just being super intentional and aware of what you're biting off is really important. And, you know, seeing if there are alternatives to going into major debt and just creating all that stress um, that will inevitably come with it. The other thing that I think is so important is if you don't have at least one supportive and encouraging person around you, I'm going to suggest you find that person because you're going to need that person. College as a whole will take up energy. If you don't get encouragement and get the reverse, get people who don't understand your goal, don't understand your dream or your desires, and even say snarky comments about it. Uh, when I first started college, I didn't have a concrete major. So yeah, I'm in my 40s and I'm starting college and I don't have a major established. And people would be so confused though. They would ask me what my major was and I would be like, yeah, well, I'm undecided. They would blink a few times and I remember one person attempting to be gracious, but she's like, I bet you'll figure it out soon. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet of her. <laughs> right. If the thought of sitting in a classroom for several weeks makes you want to bolt or the thought of reading and writing for 10 to 15 hours every week makes you itch. Maybe you've got untreated ADHD or maybe you feel like you should go to college, but you just can't get excited about it. Then don't worry about it. Focus on an activity that makes you feel alive. Maybe start a book club where you can discuss topics that are interesting to you. You know, take a class in basket weaving or cake decorating or whatever it is that is interesting to you and, and exciting to you. College will still be there. If your motivation comes back later, it will still be there. And granted, there's plenty of people who've gone to college despite all these realities, but it is worth the time that you would take to get very clear on your why, because it's not going to be easy. But then again, you know, what major accomplishment is? Just be very careful that you truly set yourself up for success. And we'll be here cheering you on. Absolutely. See you next time. What are your thoughts about today's topic? Join us on Facebook and Instagram to add your perspective and experiences. What are your burning questions about college and life beyond high demand religion? We're starting with questions both we ourselves have asked or others have asked us. But we know you have your own questions and stories. Share them with us at uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com. That's uncoveredlifebeyond at gmail.com. Until next time, stay brave, stay bold, stay awkward. 